Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Wolf Sports Show for the 2021 NFL season. We've had a week of December football, the week after Thanksgiving. This year has been filled with parody more than I can remember, but I think we are starting to get teams separating a little bit, separating themselves. The top four in my weekly power rankings remain the same, number two and three switched, but I think four teams have maybe separated themselves. The Cardinals, Buccaneers, Packers, and Patriots. And you can find those full power rankings on wolfsports.com every week. And But we'll see if teams can catch fire in December. The Chiefs, thanks to the defense in particular, are a team to watch. The Bills will have another shot at the Patriots in a few weeks, the day after Christmas they play. But as we do most weeks, we'll get into week 14, each matchup. But first, as we cover all 32 teams every week, as I say every week, we're going to get to the four teams on a bye. Let's start with the Patriots. They had that extremely memorable win on Monday night where they threw it three times with Mac Jones, ran the ball a ton. Damian Harris broke a, I think it was 64-yard touchdown run. That was, in some ways, a difference in the game, you could say, maybe. But the Patriots were in control running the ball all night, controlling the clock, and doing a nice job on the Bills' offense when the Bills were on the field. If you're listening, I'm sure you know the winds were crazy. I think it was up to 50 mile an hour. Gus, it was hard to throw. So the Patriots, they have a really strong offensive line, good running backs. They went with an, I guess you can say, unheard of. Run approach, run heavy approach, and it paid off. And the thing about it, if it didn't work out, if the Patriots lost whatever, if they lost by three even at the end of the game, people might have criticized Bill Belichick. The thing is, he doesn't care. He's going to do what he thinks and what his coaching staff and players, whatever they think gives them the best shot to win. And that was running the ball, and it worked out. And the Patriots are now 9-4. and four. They're on their bye. And there was a lot of talk last year, the first year without Tom Brady. It's tough to adjust to losing the best player in history when they thought they were going to keep him. They didn't think he would actually leave in free agency. I didn't either. So they had a somewhat of a down year last year, New England, but they quickly bounced back, and Belichick is reminding people that he's the greatest coach in history, and they'll do whatever it takes to win. That's part of why I am high on them. I had them... I think fifth in the power rankings before the season. They dropped a little bit after a slow start, but the slow starts are not unusual for Belichick's teams. And they've found a groove, and they do what it takes to win games now. Staying in the AFCs, the Dolphins are also in a bye. They also had a slow start, way slower than Patriots, though. But they've won a three in a row. They're at six and seven. They're squarely in the playoff picture now. The defense with an elite secondary helps make that side of the ball a real force under Brian Flores. And to a Tango Veloa on offense, he doesn't get nearly enough credit for the way he's playing the season behind, which is, I'd say, a subpar offensive line. And they've dealt with injuries on offense. Will Fuller hasn't played in several weeks, a couple of months, really, due to a finger injury. Devontae Parker's been in and out of the lineup. So Tua's done a nice job, and for all the Deshaun Watson talk, 
he's showing he can be their quarterback moving forward, at least for another year. And in the AFC, the Colts are also on a bye. They shut out the Texans last week. If you watch Hard Knocks, you saw they were excited about that. Darius Leonard especially, he was going into the game saying he wanted a shutout win, and they pulled it off. Jonathan Taylor had another strong game. Indy is built to really compete with anyone with their ability to run the ball, play defense, force turnovers on defense. And the bye comes at a good time for them, I think. Jonathan Taylor can rest up a little bit, and they should, as they have been smartly since about midseason. They've been feeding him the ball a ton, and that'll happen again down the stretch. And then finally, the fourth team on a bye, the Eagles. Jalen Hurts was held out last week because of his ankle injury. I would say he probably was not happy at all about that. We didn't hear from him, but knowing how he's wired, he obviously wanted to play, but hopefully he'll be 100% when the Eagles return in Week 15. Gardner Minshew, he played well. Stepping in for Hurts, there's suddenly people want to make a quarterback controversy. I think that's not... I don't think there should be one at all. Hurts has showed progress, even though in his last start against the Giants, he had a bad game, but he showed progress. And for those, a lot of people, I think, just looked at the stats for Minshew, which were excellent and efficient. But the Jets, the Jets' defense did not play well at all. Guys were running wide open when they threw down the field. They threw a lot of short passes, got the ball in Dallas Goddard's hands. So I think maybe everyone should slow down a little bit. The good thing is for Hertz, he's not the type of person to let that get in his head if fans are calling for the backup or whatever, as can happen a lot. And the Philadelphia defense, they had a very bad start against the Jets. It was ugly. Both both defenses were just, it was almost disgusting to watch. Guys running wide open and everything, and the points being scored with not thanks to just great offense. It was just the offense has played well, but it was really poor defense, in my opinion. But the Eagles, they turned it on defensively after the slow start. And now with the four bye week teams out of the way, this is the last week with buys. The last four weeks, there are no more buys. We'll now move to week 14 matchups, starting with the Thursday nighter. The Steelers face the Vikings in Minnesota. Pittsburgh is coming off the huge upset win against Baltimore to, in some ways, keep their season. Their season would have been dead if they lost to the Ravens, but the win kept them squarely in the mix for one of the wildcard spots or the division, the FC North. As I've said before, you just shouldn't count out Mike Tomlin and also Ben Roethlisberger. He has a 12 to two touchdown to interception ratio in his last seven games. And the two interceptions were two weeks ago against the Bengals. That game, just nobody played well for the Steelers. So aside from that, 12 touchdowns, no picks the past seven. He's comfortable throwing to Deontay Johnson, who had a very good game against the Ravens. And the defense obviously benefited from getting healthier from COVID and injuries and everything. TJ Watt was a massive factor in getting after Lamar Jackson and limiting the Ravens offense. And the Steelers are again underdogs this week on a short week facing the Vikings. Minnesota 
they're coming off a very disappointing week. The Lions got their first win of the season against them. I thought the Lions had a shot either way to get their first win against the Vikings. Just felt like it. They've been kind of close some games and a divisional matchup at home. But I really felt like the Vikings were in a tough spot when guys were going to miss the game. Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks were both out at linebacker. Patrick Peterson was unable to get cleared from the COVID list in time to play. And thankfully, they'll get healthier for tonight. So we'll see if that helps. Also, Dalvin Cook was expected to be out tonight after missing last week, as was expected. But it sounds like he'll be back after missing just one game with the shoulder injury. So that'll be a boost for the Vikings and what will make the game more exciting, I think. It should be a good one to kick off week 14. Moving to Sunday. We'll start with a couple of divisional matchups. The Falcons go to Carolina to face the Panthers. Last week, Atlanta's pass blocking just it showed that it's in a rough spot right now. The Bucks were able to get a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan, which makes it really difficult to move the ball, obviously. Mike Davis had an impressive showing at running back for the Falcons, paired with Cordell Patterson. They need to get the ball in their hands especially Patterson. Obviously, he's had an amazing season. But maybe if Davis gets going, it'll open things up for the receivers, including tight end Kyle Pitts. And we haven't heard anything about Kevin Ridley, but hopefully he can come back over the final five games. It's I guess there's no reason to believe he will be back, but that would be a boost for a team that is still in the playoff mix despite losing last week. And the Panthers... They were off last week, had their bye. But out of nowhere on Sunday, it was announced they fired Joe Brady, offensive coordinator, which was stunning just because Brady was such a celebrated hire when he joined the Panthers along with Matt Rule. If you don't know, he came from the record-breaking LSU offense under Joe Burrow from a couple of seasons ago. And he was thought to be one of the next head coaches. He still might be, but it just wasn't working out between Rule and him. From a football perspective, uh, it wasn't anything personal. It's just Rule clearly wants to run the ball a lot, and that might not be a fit with Brady. And they haven't run as much as Rule would like to, to play to the defense. And we'll see how the offense looks with Brady out of the mix, and Rule probably taking more of a hands-on approach with that side of the ball. The Ravens face the Browns in Cleveland. The Browns are coming off their bye. I don't understand. They just played the Ravens two weeks ago. I don't understand why the NFL schedule was made this way. It's tough to create a schedule, especially with the added 17th game, which I also don't understand, aside from a money perspective. But anyway, they are going to play. The Browns face the Ravens for their second straight game with the bye sandwiching that. In the first matchup, Cleveland didn't stick with the run much. Look for that to change this week. They should feature Nick Chubb and probably give him 20 touches at least, 20, 25 touches. And for Baltimore last week, they were sloppy. Hurt them in the end. 
narrowly missing a potential game-winning two-point conversion on a pass that was off the fingertips of Mark Andrews, who would have walked in. And the sloppy play against, for example, it worked against the Browns a couple of weeks ago. They got away with it. Four interceptions. They won the game still on Sunday night. They are talented, and Lamar Jackson is sensational. But unless they clean things up a lot, it's going to be tough to make a run in the postseason playing really good teams every week. So the Ravens need to clean things up, especially as they look ahead to the postseason. Seattle goes to Houston. The Seahawks are on track to some extent after beating the Niners last week. They put up 30 points. Defense played well, forced some turnovers. They now need to keep that up against an inferior opponent this week. And we'll see how things go, but the Seahawks are 4-8. With a win this week, they could be one game back of a wild card spot in the NFC. Not just the third spot, the second spot too. It could be a 6-7 and seven team there at the second spot. So getting to 5-8 and eight would make things interesting for a Russell Wilson-led team over the final four games. And they're over-touchdown favorites on the road. They should take care of business. It would be it would be maybe a new low if they can't beat the Texans this week. And the Texans cut linebacker Zach Cunningham after basically they weren't happy with his attitude. I think I saw he was late for a COVID test on Sunday last week. So I they probably couldn't rely on him or didn't want to rely on him. They're they have a long way to go and they're building the foundation and they didn't want Cunningham as part of it, apparently. And he's hitting waivers. As of this show, he doesn't have a new team yet, but he's fully expected to get cleaned by somebody, which will be later today at the time of this recording. And we'll see what, if any, contender gets him. And at quarterback for the Texans, rookie Davis Mills will start start again. Tyrod Taylor is dealing with a wrist injury. And I expect Mills to get these final five games to show where he's at heading into the offseason. And the Texans are going to likely make a decision on not Mills' future in particular just after one year, but if they want to add another young quarterback. The Raiders coming off a close loss to Washington will go to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. The first matchup, which was in Vegas on Sunday night a few weeks ago, was pretty ugly for the Raiders. They gave it five touchdowns, Patrick Mahomes. They're basically the one team that's made the, or allowed the Chiefs to look like the Chiefs of the past few years in recent weeks. It'll help if the Raiders can get Darren Waller back on offense because the Chiefs defense, they're playing almost as well as anyone on defense and the game's an arrowhead. So Kansas City should be in a good spot, but again, divisional games, you never know. And hopefully Derek Carr and company can move the ball more than they did in the first matchup and keep this close. The Saints will face the Jets. Keep an eye on Taysom Hill. His finger injury suffered last week, last Thursday night against the Cowboys. That clearly affected his throwing ability. People were ripping Hill's ability, his play, last week. I'm not sure if some of them watched the game. They, The critics, as usual, sound pretty stupid, just always being so negative. Hill was dealing with a finger injury on his throwing hand. That's tough. Also, he had a nice throw in the red zone 
near the end zone, near the front by line to a receiver that hit him right in the hands and was intercepted. That's obviously not on the quarterback. But keep an eye on Hill's hand. We'll see how it affects him. He's not fully comfortable. He said it yesterday. But he'll be able to adjust a little bit, we'll see, throughout the week of practice. And also Alvin Kamara. Sounds like he should be back for the Saints after missing a few games with a knee injury. That'll be a huge boost for a team that they can't really afford to lose to the Jets. That might be a nail in the coffin of sorts. And for the Jets, I already touched on their defense last week. Not great at all. Ideally, we'll see some progress from them over the final few games. But it's been tough to watch at times for the Jets' defense. And offensively, Zach Wilson had a good start last week. They slowed down, as I stated earlier. Corey Davis, who was a relatively high-priced free agent acquisition at receiver, he's done for the year with the core muscle surgery, which is unfortunate. He's, as he has often throughout his career, dealt with some injuries this season. In the preseason, the connection between Wilson and Davis looked like it was going to be maybe really lethal. Didn't work out that way. But rookie receiver Elijah Moore continues to have a good rookie season after he finally got more playing time. And I'd like to see Denzel Mims again. I said it. It's, I think, been several shows since I said it. Should get more time on offense, I think. Now a couple more divisional matchups on Sunday. The Jaguars face the Titans. James Robinson, running back for the Jags, was benched last week after an early fumble. He wasn't, as you'd expect, he wasn't happy about it not being on the field. He wasn't benched entirely. He did play throughout the game, but but it was obviously benching. And Trevor Lawrence also said they need James on the field. So I would expect a heavy dose of Robinson this week if you have the franchise quarterback also saying they want him on the field. They'll probably feed Robinson on Sunday as they look to upset the Titans. The Titans are also, I would think, a very run-heavy approach again. But they do get Julio Jones. Looks like he has a good shot to return. He's on an injured reserve right now, but his practice window is open to start the week, early in the week on Monday, and that indicates they're optimistic about him returning very soon, hopefully this week. And with A.J. Brown out also on IR, that would be big to get Jones back. And hopefully looks like his all-pro self after the hamstring's been bothering him since the summer. It's been in and out of the games before going on IR. So hopefully he's himself for the stretch run and into the postseason, likely. Dallas goes to Washington. Washington has a chance to make it interesting in the NFC East if they can get a win. Taylor Haneke continues to be efficient on third downs and keep the offense on the field. He takes care of the ball, too, and the Cowboys' defense thrives on turnovers. So that'll be something to watch if Dallas can, Trayvon Diggs and company, Michael Parsons can force some turnovers of Heineke, and that would make things difficult for Washington if they don't take care of the ball, which they fortunately have been able to do. The Lions face the Broncos. It was, I think, unless you're a Vikings fan or you hate the Lions for whatever reason, I think for most football fans, aside from total haters, it's good to see a team 
get a win and not go winless. You might not think they're an amazing group or anything or be high on Dan Campbell, but they're they seem to be good guys by all accounts. Campbell, Jared Goff. So it's nice to see them get on the board with a win finally. And you can see how excited they were, how much they care by the celebration after they were basically celebrating like they won the Super Bowl almost to some extent. But that's what it's about. You want to win games. You don't want to lose. I don't care if you're two and thirteen or whatever, two and fourteen now. You want to win the final game of the season. You don't want to play for draft position. You want to win every week in the NFL. And golf won player of the week for his outing against the Vikings and leading the game-winning drive when the last-second game-winning touchdown to Amon Ross St. Brown. On the other side, it was almost the opposite for the offense of the Broncos last Sunday night. At least the passing game, Javante Williams, rookie who stepped into more of a workhorse role with Melvin Gordon out because of a hip injury. Williams was... He had the opportunity in prime time to show that he's really tough to bring down. Sheds first contact most times he touches the ball. Moves forward for positive yardage. But the passing game for Denver, it was just awful. Teddy Bridgewater threw another pick six. He had a shot to make a tackle, and at least he did make an effort, but it didn't get it done, and that sealed the game for the Chiefs. So, yeah, it can only go up from here for the passing attack for the Broncos. After last week, the Giants face the Chargers. Giants are in a very tough spot at quarterback. Mike Lennon is in the NFL's concussion protocol, so he's uncertain for Sunday. And he's, while in the protocol, he's missing practice time. So if he gets cleared, he's going to be playing without practice time. If he does not get cleared, then Jake Fromm, who just joined the team not even two weeks ago, would have to start for the Giants. That would be an insane challenge for Fromm. He said what it would be like, it would be like taking a final test in college after not showing up to class all summer. That's what it'd be like if he has to play for a new team, new offense and everything. I was high on Fromm as a top five pick in the NFL draft a couple of years ago. He went in the fifth round of the Bills. So it would be, he wasn't going to supplant Josh Allen in Buffalo. It would be good to see him get an opportunity, even if it's not this week, at some point when he's familiar with the offense over the last four or five games. I think he can really impress. But again, if he has to play this week, it'll be a tough task. And the Chargers are dealing with problems of their own. COVID has hit the team a little bit. Keenan Allen tested positive. And then Mike Williams and Chris Harris were also out of the list. They can get cleared by Friday. Word is that Williams isn't vaccinated, so... If he tests positive, hopefully he does not. Hopefully it's just a precaution with the close contact. But if he tests positive, unfortunately, he would miss both this week and next Thursday's game against the Chiefs because you have to miss at least 10 days if you test positive and you are not vaccinated. 
but hopefully he can play against the Giants. If not, I think Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and Jalen Guyton had a strong game last week. Rookie Josh Palmer can step in and step up a bit. They should be okay against the Giants, given what New York is dealing with at quarterback right now. And it was promising for the Chargers defense to get some turnovers. They scored on a fumble recovery touchdown last week. They flashed some of their upside on that side of the ball too, in addition to the talent they have on offense, obviously. The Bengals, who the Chargers beat last week, will host the Niners this week. Both sides dealing with injuries. Joe Burrow hurt his pinky last week on his throwing hand. That affected him some. He's not going to miss time. He's made it clear he doesn't care. He's playing through it. You could see on the sideline last week he was having trouble gripping the ball and throwing it, but he seemed to get more comfortable. They had a slow start and and a slow finish. Last week in the middle of the game, they were able to make it close against the Chargers. They couldn't quite finish it. On the Niners' side, Elijah Mitchell, who's been leading Kyle Shanahan's offense at running back, is in the concussion protocol too. And he also has a knee injury or a knee issue. It's a irritation, Kyle Shanahan called it. So he's in jeopardy of missing, but Debo Samuel might be back after missing last week because of his groin injury. George Kittle totally went off last week against the Seahawks in the losing effort. I faced him in fantasy, which wasn't fun. I was up big, and he uh, he basically raced that. But the Niners need to get healthy, and with Kittle playing like that, like he's shown he can totally destroy defenses compared with when Debo gets back. And hopefully Elijah Mitchell is healthy soon and feeling better. The Niners can be dangerous. Now to the game of the week, I think. Without question, it was my Super Bowl pick in the preseason. Bills and the Bucks. Buffalo is going to be mad after last week. People were, I guess, saying it was embarrassing that they lost to a team that ran it so much like the Patriots, but that's just the negativity of the media. Um, I don't think they should be embarrassed by losing to a team by four points. They had a shot to win at the end. So they should be determined. They're facing Tom Brady, who is, aside from the pick six at the end of the first half last week on a screen pass, he just didn't see Marlon Davidson. Aside from that, he was flawless against the Falcons. Rob Gronkowski scored two more touchdowns. He's had a ton of success against the Bills throughout his career when he was with the Patriots. He's always super determined. So this should be the game of the week, I think, and I still think it can be a potential Super Bowl preview. Also for Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards are suspended three games. They missed last week already, so two more games for, I guess, misrepresenting their vaccine status. There's talk that they might move on from them they're going to evaluate when they return from suspension. Apparently it sounds like Brown in particular, uh, given his history, you could probably assume, but I don't think Brown will have Brady in his corner, first of all. And they are key players. Brown was key to the Super Bowl run last year. Mike Edwards is a really underrated safety. I don't see the Bucks cutting them. Moving to the final game on Sunday, the night game. 
the Bears will face the Packers. Justin Fields will return the lineup after missing a couple of games. He might be able to give the Bears a jolt, given his dual threat ability. He's had time to watch on the sideline for a little bit after he played for a stretch of several games. And he was showing progress before the injury. But Green Bay's off the bye. December Lambeau, not easy for a rookie quarterback. The Packers' defense have been among the best in the league. They're getting healthier. All of David Bakhtiari, left tackle, Jair Alexander, star cornerback, and pass rusher Zadarius Smith all might be back. That'll be a boost whenever they are back late in season three, star caliber players. And the Packers are hoping, again, it's going to be tough December and Lambeau for Fields. They're hoping to get that advantage throughout January, throughout the entire postseason in the NFC playoffs. And to end the week, another divisional game. The Rams face the Cardinals. It's in Arizona. The first matchup wasn't close. The score wasn't too lopsided, but Arizona handled them easily. Although this is at home, which is interesting. The Cardinals have been better on the road. They're 7-0 on the road and have won every game by double digits, which is impressive, and it indicates what I've been saying. They're a physical team to go on the road and win like that. So we'll see this one's in... Arizona, so I don't know. Maybe that's a bad thing for the Cardinals. The Rams are looking to build off last week. It was against the Jags, but still it was encouraging that I thought he should have been featured all season. Sonny Michelle, after they traded for him, I thought they should have started him and give him a good amount of touches and have Daryl Henderson work in as a dynamic uh, complement to him. But Michelle had a heavy workload last week. I think it was 24 carries, over 100 yards. Michelle helped set a tune, as Sean McVay talked about leading up to last week. Michelle is a guy that keeps the offense in favorable spots because he will get what is there and get positive yards and get the offense in favorable third-down situations. And that's what happened. He broke tackles, pushed forward for yards, doesn't go down easily at all. Is good in pass protection, as he showed a few times last week, I saw. Henderson was dealing with the quad injury last week. He didn't play snap. So I'm anxious to see how the workload is split when Henderson is healthy, closer to full strength, and playing. I think the Rams would be wise to stick with Michelle as the lead guy. But we'll see how Sean McVay handles that. So for the against the spread picks this week for week 14, again, I don't want to give an individual one. I'm just feeling the sample is maybe small in a season like this to just give one game. But last week, the recommended picks were 5-0, and and you can get them on wolfsports.com. And finally, we'll get to the mail. If you have any questions, comments that you want to share, Feel free to send them in to David Chapin at wolfsports.com. Comes directly to my inbox. Two questions this week. The first one, what is the process of your approach to the show? Do you just go off the top of your head or follow a script? Thanks, Dale from New York. Thanks for the question, Dale. That's an interesting one. When I first started, the plan was... I wasn't really sure I was 
going to freelance it maybe, but then I went with the script or thought I was going to go with the script, but I didn't like it. It was too robotic. So instead, basically I just take notes, write each game, each matchup down and I'll write some notes and I'll write very short notes with each matchup, things that I want to touch on. But a lot of it, I go off the top of my head. We pay close attention to everything and track everything throughout the week. And I watch every game on Sundays. So I can go off the top of my head pretty easily. Some of the stats, like for example, I'll I'll say some stats sometimes. I'll often be able to just know them from looking through box scores and from watching the game, just remembering how guys did. So some of it is just from memory. So for example, the Ben Roethlisberger thing, the stats, I said 12 touchdowns, two interceptions, past seven games. I just looked before taking notes on my show. I didn't need to write that. I just can memorize that. I might not be exact all the time. Like the Sony Michelle, I said 24 carries. I'm pretty sure that's what he got. But yeah, no script. Just jot down notes. Sometimes like for the power ranking show, I did a few weeks ago. I think it was Thanksgiving week. A quicker rundown. I went off the power rankings article on wolfsports.com and almost used that as my notes. But good question. I don't mind answering something like that to give a little insight on how we do this. And one more question. Where do you think Russell Wilson lands? Aaron from Palm Beach. Yeah, I guess this is heated up again, the Russell Wilson trade talk, because there's a report, a recent report. Um, I think it said three teams that he'd wave a no trade clause to are the Giants, Saints. I can't think of the last one. Giants, Saints, and somebody else. Broncos, I'm pretty sure it was. Broncos. Maybe Steelers, but I think it was Broncos. I'm not ready to... the. It looked like it was going to be certain almost that Wilson will be traded. I'm not sure he'll actually be traded. I think he might stay in Seattle. You can keep an eye on the teams that have the capital to make a move like that. The Eagles. Again, I like Hurts and think he should get another year to see how he continues to grow. But they'll have the draft picks to easily make a move that they want. GM Howie gets aggressive and he probably thinks getting Wilson will make them a Super Bowl contender. The Steelers, I don't think they were one of the teams on Wilson's list, unless I'm wrong, but the Steelers, they might need to make a move, so I would keep an eye on them if Wilson is indeed potentially on the move. Giants, I guess it would depend on who is brought in, the new regime. There's going to be changes after this season, almost certainly. And the Saints... Yeah, quarterbacks have had interest in going there, playing for Sean Payton. Wilson did this offseason, I believe. I think on the list of four teams from the summer, he they were on there. Tom Brady, apparently, I think they were his choice, first choice maybe, but they Breeze came, Drew Brees came back. So yeah, I'm thinking Wilson, I would say he'll remain in Seattle as of now. He might want to play with one team his entire career. But who knows what's going on in his head he 
it's been a tough year for the Seahawks. He might be open to moving on, especially if the Seahawks are open to it and rebuilding to some extent, even if Pete Carroll isn't happy with that. And again, they could be one game back of a wild card this week, the Seahawks, so they need to get a win over the Texans. And I don't think it's... I was surprised this report came out right now in the middle of the season. But I think Wilson is focused on winning and getting the postseason. He's not... He doesn't miss the postseason. He's used to winning games, so... But good questions. And again, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to send them in for future shows. And we'll leave episode 14 there. Should be another good week. It's been a crazy season. Last week of the fantasy regular season for many leagues, so I know a lot of people are tuned into that and excited for that. So enjoy the games, and thank you for listening.